Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. Did we get your attention with the title of this podcast? We've talked about some serious topics over the last year and a half. Today, we begin with a confession. The most kissed girl in the world. I apologize to my wife and to all of my family members listening, but yes, I have kissed her. Multiple times. Ready for this? Phil Schaff and I share a lot in common, and believe it or not, this can now be added to our list, because shockingly enough, he too has kissed her. In fact, the most astonishing part of this story, many of you listening at home have also kissed this girl. Would you believe that? How is that possible? Our story actually begins in Paris, France, with a darker, more morbid undertone. Here in the late 1800s, the body of a young woman, estimated to be no younger than 16, was pulled from the Seine River. She had drowned, that much was certain. But the specific circumstances surrounding her death beyond this remained clouded in mystery. In fact, her identity did as well. Because her body showed no visible signs of abuse or violence, some at the time even speculated that she might have drowned herself intentionally as a form of suicide. The woman's body was initially put on public display in a mortuary in hopes that someone could identify the deceased, a common practice at the time. Think season one of our podcast, Dead Men Do Tell Tales. But nobody identified the teen. Now, this was not the first sad soul to be pulled from the Seine, and most certainly would not be the last. But there was something about this woman, this woman in particular, that struck police and officials almost immediately. Her beauty. Her face was simple, yet angelic. She had a plain quality about her, yet an attractiveness that was undeniable. The French pathologist assigned her autopsy was so smitten with the unknown woman's face that he made a plaster cast of it. This was not unusual for the time. In fact, it was quite common. Plaster face casts, or death masks, were often made for celebrities and for those whose identities were unknown. The latter might be used to identify the deceased well after the burial had taken place. This mask in particular was so well known that it was actually replicated and sold. Admirers reveled at her beauty and referred to it as the death mask with the Mona Lisa smile. Poets and writers used the mask as a muse and found inspiration in her serene expression and her placid features. Amazingly enough, the Lorenzi model makers, who, according to sources, made the original death mask, still sell copies of it today under the title Noye de la Seine. Drowned Woman of the Seine. Fast forward to the late 1950s, when medical students were beginning to learn and train a revolutionary new life-saving practice called cardiopulmonary resuscitation, or CPR. Archer Gordon, a member of the American Heart Association CPR Committee, realized that a CPR mannequin or dummy of sorts 
could save medical students from the unnecessary pain and potential rib damage of practicing CPR on each other. To manufacture such a thing, he and a Norwegian colleague sought the help of a Norwegian toy maker, Osmund Lerdell. Ironically enough, Lerdell recalled having seen a reproduction of Noyer de la Seine on the wall of a relative's house, and he decided to give the CPR mannequin the same face. Thus, in 1960, when the Lerdell company designed, developed, and built the first CPR mannequins, Noyer de la Seine became Rassassa Annie, as she is commonly referred to. Before making CPR mannequins, Lairdell had manufactured another doll named Annie, perhaps explaining in part why this nickname stuck. The Rasasa Annie doll, constructed of soft plastic, had a collapsible chest so that students could safely practice chest compressions and open lips so that they could practice proper mouth-to-mouth resuscitation techniques. Making the CPR mannequin changed the course of the Lairdell company from toys to medical devices as it describes on its website, where Rasasa Annie is still available for purchase. The company estimates that nearly 300 million people around the world have been trained in CPR, most of them with the help of Rasasa Annie. She has even appeared in and has been referenced in numerous pop cultural examples, whether it's the Michael Jackson song, Smooth Criminal, in which he refrained, Annie, are you okay? or in one of the most iconic scenes of the American version of the TV sitcom The Office, where Michael Scott leads his employees in the steps to learning and performing CPR. An interesting and more serious side note to this story centers around the ethics of making reproductions of a deceased person's face and then selling them without consent. In an editorial published by writer and ethicist Julian Sheather, he notes that although putting bodies on display and passing around death masks were common practices in the 19th century, when Noailles de la Seine died, those practices would be ethically troubling today. Sheether also concludes that it's necessary to seek a middle ground between judging the past by present-day standards and suspending judgment of history altogether. Instructors over the years have given Rasasa Annie another nickname, the most kissed girl in the world. And while our story is both remarkable and somewhat sad at the same time, there's an undeniable irony in it that is also extraordinary and worth noting. An unidentified girl whose life ended short and tragically and in anonymity has been able to help save countless lives throughout the world and throughout history since her passing. This has been a missing chapter short, your quick fix for one of history's forgotten stories in a busy world. Listen to more shorts, as well as full-length episodes on Spotify and all other major podcast providers. Thanks for listening to and supporting the Missing Chapter podcast. If it sounds like we're having fun and we enjoy bringing you a new episode every week, it's because we are. Not only are we having a good time, but as teachers, producing our own podcast has allowed us to connect with our students like never before. 
In fact, when people ask us where we got the idea to start our own podcast, we tell them our students. If you're an educator and would like the opportunity to create, produce, and maintain your very own podcast, go to our website, themissingchapterpodcast.com to learn how we can help make that happen for you. Don't be intimidated. It's easy and fun. Go to themissingchapterpodcast.com to schedule an informative and interactive webinar with us today so that you can get started on your own educational podcast for tomorrow. You'll have a great time doing it, and we'll get the opportunity to work with us directly. Your hosts for the Missing Chapter podcast, Phil Horander and Phil Schaff.